0: All right, enough with the introductions. Um, we're done with Joseph, and I've just got one sermon here, and, and these are the hardest sermons for me to prep for sure. I really like to do sermons in seven parts or more. Um, and so to just do one sermon's a bit crazy. And so um, I had a lot of my heart, and I doubt any of it will come out, but we're going to be in the end of James. So you're welcome again. We're going to be in James chapter 5 focusing on verse 17 but i'm going to read this entire section here that's about the prayer of faith all right so we're going to be finishing off james so that i can have a sense of completion at least we're going to just finish off the end of this book and it's about the prayer of faith we'll start in verse 13 this is the word of god Father, I am so grateful, Lord. I can just join with Greg in saying, um, I really love these people, and it is a pleasure and an honor and a gift to be here. And so thank you. And God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the word of God that is always a little different than we expect because it's, it's God speaking. And we're so used to people talking to us that when we actually hear from God talking, it, it sounds different. And Father, I thank you for James. I thank you that you used him and worked through him to give us this word. And Father, I pray that today you would do a great work in us. I pray that truth would come and cleanse our minds and clarify how we think. I pray, Lord, that um, your word would encourage us and give us fight and give us perseverance. And I pray, Father, that we would be led to obedience through this, Lord, and that we would take up the task of just joyful and simple obedience to your word. And I pray that you would do a great thing for the glory of God in the name of Jesus in this world. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Uh, the title of the message today is Elijah was a man, just like us. You know if you've been around, or maybe you tried to forget, and you're you're welcome to do that. It's a defense mechanism in life. Sometimes there's things that need to be forgotten, and sometimes the things I say are that fit into that category. But just as a reminder, I like the parts that are difficult to understand in Scripture. I'm always drawn to it. Whatever I don't get, it tends to be the best part, and I like to just sink down onto that part of it and try to f- work on it and figure it out. Part of that's because I don't really believe I understand a portion of Scripture until I've got a good idea of the parts that don't make sense. Um, kind of like getting ikea furniture you can't just pick a part and say i don't get that i'm just going to leave it out because then your kid falls through the chair but you know you need the parts that don't make sense that's what you need to figure out what they're for so that you can put them in the right place then all the other pieces find their home and the part of this passage that you know was was is just going to it's the part that i thought thought intrigued me the most is just that that line from verse 17 elijah was a man with a nature like ours Well, why did he say that? What's going on here? And so this is the hub of of the message this morning. It's just to think about why it's important to say that. And the big idea, I think it is, is that James knows that your average Christian looks for reasons to not believe. James knows that the average Christian whenever God is talking to them, whenever James would be talking to them, excuses rise up within us to say, this does not apply to me. And it could be good stuff, like preaching that God really loves you and saves you by grace through the blood of Jesus Christ, and all you have to do is believe in Jesus, that he is the Lord and God raised him from the dead, and as you believe in him with faith and you're like, this is good news, that you really are absolutely forgiven by God and totally adopted by God and enter into the family of God and are filled by the Spirit of God and have hope for an eternity with God. There's something that rises up within us that says, maybe... As well as harder things like, why don't you repent of your sin and change your life? It's like, well, not me. Other people maybe, but not me because of my circumstances or whatever. So James knows, through his pastoral career and his apostolic service and his preaching life, he knows that the typical human heart rises up to say, not me, when God is talking. And so I think what he does here is he says, Elijah, who's just like you, and all this stuff happens so that we don't say, yeah, but that's Elijah. Amen? So let's look at the, just a quick reminder of the story of Elijah. Here's Elijah. You can tell it's him because of his hairy arms and his awesome, like, power bracelets. I don't know why people in the Old Testament needed power bracelets like that, but you can tell he's ready to do some arm curls without getting the the carpal tunnel action going on there because of the things and which is great I'm just joking but I am grateful for free artwork online that you can throw into a sermon Elijah was an Old Testament prophet and he, he ended up being kind of um appearing throughout scripture as the power prophet Okay, so there are different kinds of prophets in the Old Testament. Moses was the law-giving prophet, and he did a lot of miracles as well, but he's not typically remembered specifically for the miracles, but more for the giving of the law. You had prophets in the Old Testament who were the writing prophets, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, who wrote these humongous big books that take multiple sittings to work through because the poetry is just, re- they wrote a lot. But Elijah is kind of remembered as the prophet who did powerful miracles. And Um, He he, he kind of stands for that side of God's work in the world, of doing miracles. And you might remember when Jesus was on the earth and he went to the mountain and he was transfigured and his clothes became like lightning white and he was just shining and, and his disciples who were with him started to go crazy around him. Two people showed up to comfort and talk to Jesus in his transfiguration, and that was Moses and Elijah. Moses kind of standing for the prophet who gave the law to Israel, the writing prophet, and Elijah who stood in the place of God's powerful, miracle-working prophets. And they came to speak to Jesus, who was the prophet who was all that stuff, whose word was greater than the law of Moses, and who did miracles beyond the miracles of Elijah. Jesus just, he did like more miracles in a couple years than all the prophets did before him. It was just like nonstop. You just walk into a village and put the hospital out of business and then go and feed 5,000 people. And he, he was just, he was better than everything. But Elijah is remembered as this miracle working prophet. And he, Elijah's story is in the book of Kings. And what was going on in the book of Kings is that the kingship was falling apart. And the kingship started off okay with David and and Solomon and the kings of Israel were going to lead Israel into faithful worship of God. But then things started falling apart, and then the kings of Israel or Judah were often the worst people in the nation, and they would lead the nation away from the true worship of God. And what God would do is he would raise up these power prophets who would go to the kings and rebuke them and correct them. And so the presence of God and the word of God wasn't coming through the kingship directly most of the time. It was coming through these power prophets. And so Elijah was the power prophet who was ministering in the age of Ahab, and he his his work starts, he kind of comes out of nowhere, his work starts by declaring to Ahab in chapter 17, if memory serves me right, that there's not going to be any rain except by his word. And then he runs away and disappears and lives with the widow for a bunch of years while, while Israel just turns into a baked piece of mud. And then he shows up, you might remember, and he has this big fight with the priests of Baal and he calls down fire from heaven and then after the priests of Baal are all killed, he goes and starts praying. And He prays these three times. And he sees this little cloud off in the distance, no bigger than a man's hand. And that's what this picture is. Elijah's praying. He has to pray a few times. He keeps sending a servant. Go and look in the distance. And he comes back, nothing yet. Go and look in the distance. Comes back, nothing yet. Go and look. Well, I saw this little cloud. And Elijah's like, that's it. Everybody get home before you can't walk on the streets because the rain's coming. And he sends Ahab home. And then he gets some kind of weird superpower. And it says that he runs before Ahab's chariot all the way home, which something, because the whole point of a chariot is that it's faster than running. Tucks in his belt, puts on his running room gear, sprinted back to the castle. So that's the story that James is talking about. Okay? And sometimes you learn those hear those stories in Sunday school and all that stuff. And the typical human being hears a story like that and says, man, wouldn't it have been great to be a prophet from the Old Testament? Pray and have stuff happen. Talk with God. Hear His voice. You know, fight with the priests of Baal. Call down some fire. Anybody? Come on. Like, yeah. Like, you don't feel like you need to call down fire when it's so hot outside. All you need to go is outside with a magnifying glass. You could start anything on fire you want to, but it would have been cool back then. Don't we do this? Doesn't something rise up inside of us? Man, it would have been so much easier to pray with faith back then. It would have been so much easier to believe God for big things back when he did big things. And James says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed and it stopped raining for three years, and then he prayed again and it started raining. Well, he he didn't just pray, he prayed fervently, meaning he committed himself to it. So he really meant it. He wasn't just asking for a pony for his birthday. He was really seeking the Lord for something. But he had that line, with a nature just like yours. Elijah was a human being just like you. That's the point. Elijah's no better than you. Elijah's no different than you. That's the point. Anybody's heart resisting? Yeah, but I prayed and nothing happened. Anybody? Okay. Okay. Stop it. The reason James teaches us to say stuff like that when reading the Bible, Elijah was a man just like me, and Moses was a man just like me, and Sarah was a woman just like me, and God did stuff, is because God hasn't changed. That's the point. Our God hasn't changed, and in fact, it's better in the New Testament because God's poured out His Spirit way more. He didn't just give... The spirit. He doesn't, now doesn't just give the spirit to like prophets and kings, like he used to back then. He gives it to everybody. Everybody. That's the point of Pentecost. I'm going to pour my spirit on my maidservants and manservants, the slaves, the taxi drivers. Those are going to be the new prophets now. The janitors. Those are going to be my new Elijahs. The children's ministry workers. The people who clean up after us because we don't put our coffee cups in the garbage. Those are the new Elijahs in the church. Amen? Amen. The, the stay-at-home moms. Those are the new Elijahs in the church. Amen? I'm just randomly picking people who we, we don't typically put on the cover of magazines. The bus drivers. That's the new Elijah in the New Testament. Amen? Somebody? I'm pushing on something here. I'm not going to stop. You can. You're supposed to take this home with you, by the way. You can nod now, but you have to go home and nod at home too. In the world we live in, our hearts and the spiritual forces of darkness at the and the world want us to read the Word of God and then not trust it. That's the, that's, that's the mission of everybody but the church, is to get you to hear the Word of God and then not trust, trust it. Just so you know, nobody in Hollywood, except maybe that guy from Guardian of the Galaxies, and he even he, he's a bit... Nobody in Hollywood wants you to trust the Word of God. Amen? Okay. Nobody on iTunes, except for, I think Nick has an album there, (laughs) wants you to hear the Word of God and just, just believe it. To believe who you are and to believe what God does. And this was the beginning of all the troubles in the world as somebody came along and said to the people, why don't you just not believe God's Word? And they didn't say what they should have said, which was, how about you shut your face? Which is spiritual warfare. When, when Rob gets up here and says, you know, you don't actually, you're not actually any worse off than Elisha as a human being. Whatever comes up against that, you're supposed to say, how about you just shut your face? Because God's talking. And we look for reasons to believe, right? I'm just going to randomly, off the top of my head, without even a written list, just list off some reasons why people could hear something like this. You should pray when you're sick because God will help. You should have the elders come and anoint you, and you'll get better. You should confess your sins, and you'll be restored. You should, if you're suffering, you should pray. If you're cheerful, you should sing. And we read this, and and then the yabats yeah come up. Right? Yeah, I prayed once before, and nothing happened, so I give up. Um, I'm I'm too tall to have my prayers answered. I'm too short to have my prayers answered. I'm too young to have my prayers answered. Any any kids here? I'm too young to have my prayers answered. I'm too old to have my prayers answered. I'm too smart. I've been to school. I'm too smart to pray with faith. I'm too dumb. I've never been to school to pray with faith. This is real life, right? I'm too rich to pray, pray with faith. I've got all this money. I can't actually believe. I'm too poor to pray with faith. If only I had a little bit more money, then God could really use me. I'm too poor to pray with faith. I'm a man. I can't pray with faith. I'm a woman. I can't pray with faith. I'm too sick. I can't pray with faith. I'm too healthy. I can't pray with faith. I grew up in the church and don't have a great testimony. I can't pray with faith. I grew up outside of the church and have done everything wrong. I can't pray with faith. Don't we do this? Don't we do this? Nobody reads Elijah's life and are like, man, that guy ran away from Jezebel? Man, that guy complained a lot? Man, that guy was full of doubt? I can do better than that. Anybody? So many times we could read the Old Testament stories and be like, wow, I could do better than that. <laughs> Except for Elisha. Elijah's pretty amazing, but he was bald. <laughs> so right away... Because we believe in the world and, and not in God's word. I've got male pattern baldness. I need to get some plugs before God can use me. What, it doesn't have, to, it, not, nothing. Nothing has to do with anything, darling. Am I right or am I right? We will always have a reason to not go for it if you let yourself listen to reasons about for it. And this is exactly what James is going after here. Never let yourself have a reason to not respond with faith to your situation. If you're suffering, pray. If you're cheerful, sing. If you're sick, get prayer. If you've sinned, confess. The greatest people in the Bible are no different than you. They just had different times and different callings, and they had huge struggles just like you do. And the good things that happened were because of their moments of faith. So why don't you have faith too? Same God. And the iPhone has not slowed God down. Right? Anybody? I don't know what I'm doing here. Instead, we're supposed to, I think, just believe in grace. I really like this poster. That's supposed to be us. Never let yourself keep a reason to stop attacking Instead, believe in grace. Amen? Church, I'm going to start waving my arms beforehand because it's getting warm in here, so you're welcome. <laughs> the God of the universe created all things by his word for his own glory and pleasure. Everything that exists, it exists on purpose because of God's power. And he absolutely deserved to have everything just turn to him and say, I worship you, I believe in you, and will do anything you say because you're amazing and you could only want good things. But instead, humanity turned against God in a rebellion. They wanted to be God. They didn't want to just take God as, as his word. They listened to the spiritual forces of darkness say, it doesn't, these words don't apply to you. And they blew it up and melted it down. But God in his grace has not just destroyed everybody like we deserve, and instead ultimately gave his son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to suffer violent death for sin, to be raised from the grave on the third day so that everybody who looked to him in faith would be absolutely forgiven of sin and granted righteousness by grace alone and be adopted into God's family and to be filled with the same life-giving spirit that made the entire universe and inspired every prophet and caused anybody to do anything good in the Old Testament. You get given that same spirit without measure, Jesus said, to be filled with for your entire life life so that even when you die there's one thing that nothing doesn't change is that you still have the spirit and one day that same spirit will raise your body from the grave to enter into an everlasting time of being rewarded for your faith in Christ as the unlimited God uses his unlimited creativity to figure out unlimited things for us to do to enjoy one another and praise God with ever increasing joy forever and ever and ever and this gospel is going around the world saving a bunch of nobodies in nowhere read Steinbeck where we're almost literally on the other side of the planet from everything that ever happened in the Bible. I think there might be a few people here who have a little bit of Jewish descent in them, but most of us are just a bunch of unworthy Gentiles who don't deserve anything. But God's given us everything for free, by grace, by trusting in God. And so... In our lives, with all the spiritual warfare and all the troubles and all the pain and all the stuff, we're supposed to respond to everything by going, Grace!
1: God of the Bible, for free, do something! The promises of the Bible are my promises. God's with me. Your strength is for me. Your help is for me. Your, your open ears for prayer or for my prayers. So grace. 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 I messed up my life. Grace. I blew it again. Grace. It's summer and I don't want to spend all that time parenting. Grace. It's the first day of summer and I'm already bored. Grace. My parents are not letting me look at TV 18 hours a day. Grace! I'm sick! Grace! I'm discouraged! Grace! I'm fighting with people! Grace! I'm offended! Grace! I'm called to missions! Grace! I'm called to outreach! Grace! 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 grace. Attack! 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 Attack with grace! Pray with grace! Persevere with grace! Suffer for, with grace! Grace! Grace, grace, grace. Don't quit. Don't decide you're the exception. Grace. Because of grace. Because he does it for free to people who
0: believe. Because you can't earn it. Amen? Elijah was a man just like you. He called down heaven by grace. Right? He didn't just think there was know that there was a meteor coming or something. He prayed, and he got it by grace. He shut up the heavens by grace. He called for rain by grace. He got it from a God who works by prayer for free. He just wants us to trust him and believe him. Take him at his word. Amen? Oh, church, can you imagine what your life would be like if you didn't listen to one excuse? not to just apply the Word of God to your life and to trust God and to trust that He will do good by grace. What would your, how would that change your life? You wake up in the morning. My finances.
1: Grace! Grace! Grace!
0: I'm hurting. Grace! Grace! It's going to be grace because the Word says to pray. Not so that me and God can waste our time, but
1: because God will respond by grace. Grace.
0: I don't think his pants match his shirt.
1: <laughs>
0: Do you? I feel like if I tried to preach in that and then brown shoes, I would, somebody would stop me before I got out of the house. I just, want to, I just want to stop soon and I just want to end by saying this summer, why don't we just aim for simple obedience to God's word? There is a word in, in the Bible for every, everyone's situation and any situation you can be in. I think that's part of what jo- James is doing here. He's just covering the church. Is any of you suffering? That's like a third of the church right there. There's something you can do. You should pray. Is anybody cheerful? That's the other third of the church. You should sing praise. Is anybody sick? That's the other third of the church. You should get people to come pray for you. But what if, but if, but if, but what if? Okay, stop. God's word has given you something simply, simply to do for obedience, by trust. I trust God, I'm going to just pray. I trust God, I'm going to sing a song. I was saying, I've I've been trying to do this. because I think out of all these things, the one that I fall down the quickest on would be that is anyone cheerful? He should let him sing praise. Right? Is anybody cheerful? You should go shopping on Amazon. Which is also something to do if you're suffering or sick. Is anybody cheerful? I'm gonna go buy an ice cream cone. Is anybody cheerful? I'm gonna go build a bench. Those are all fine things. But you can, I'm just like, I'm going to just practice simple obedience. I'm going to sing. I'm just going to sing a song. God told me to. Say, hey, are you happy in the Lord? Why don't you sing about it? It's finally nice outside. We should be singing all the time. You go for a walk, you skip church to go ride your bike in the woods, you better be singing. I mean it you're cheerful sing suffering pray sick get people to come pray for you rob what what do i do if if nothing happens well james got that covered just go back to the beginning of the book if any of you or sorry count it all joy when you meet trials ah prayer sometimes doesn't work it stresses me out there's a trial consider that joy I don't know what to do when prayer doesn't happen. Are you happy about it? No? Well, stop disobeying. Rejoice. You're in a trial. But I haven't figured this out yet. Well, that's the next chapter. Do any of you lack wisdom? Let him ask God. Oh. I haven't figured out why God hasn't... Well, you're supposed to ask for wisdom. And James just loves this, just, just do it. Like, Nike Christianity. Like, I know it's a bit lame, but... Like, swoosh that thing. Find a verse and do it. And then thank God that by grace you could read his word. And then thank God by grace you could try to obey. You could respond with faith. Thank God that by grace he loves you and he'll do something. Right? One of my mental hang-ups I've noticed that I'm working on, I may have shared this before, is I go to pray and if it's like something really important to me, my heart starts going, this is a big thing. You're going to have to pray about this a lot, which means that this prayer isn't going to do anything. Maybe the third prayer, the fourth prayer, the fifth time you come to pray, that'll actually do something. I'm psyching myself out. This is a big issue. I'm going to have to pray about it a lot. So obviously this prayer isn't going to change the world. Uh, False. Big X. (coughs) You just got rejected on America's Got Faith. The book says... I should, I should pray. The book says, if I pray to the Lord, he's listening. Period. So this is my... Uh, and maybe one of the hardest ones would be the confession part, right? I'm just going to ask you, you don't have to say anything. Is is confessing your sins a regular part of your life? Right. So this is the progression. Are you suffering? Pray. Are you happy? Sing. Are you sick? Come and get prayer and while you're getting that prayer confess your sins sometimes we don't get better until we've confessed our sins because the, the worst thing that can happen to you is to be trapped by sin Do you remember that story about the paraplegic in the gospels and Jesus is preaching and the house is really full and there's these guys who got a friend who can't move and so they lower him through a roof do you remember that story and Jesus sees their faith and he says to them be healed, right? No, he doesn't. He says to, to the guy, you're forgiven. Like, let's deal with the big stuff first. Your sins are forgiven. Boom. And then people start complaining. And then he says, well, just so you know that I can do this, you should walk too. The big stuff is, is having your heart right with God. That's the most important thing that can ever happen to you. Like, get hit by a bus to, to get right with God. Amen? Okay, we're going to sing. I would love to invite you to read James over once or twice this summer and just find something to do. Find something to apply. Just for the glory of God, because you believe, because you're saved. Read through Ephesians. Find something to apply. And then don't put your emotional stock in whether or not it seems like it did something within the first five minutes. You obeyed. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hey, I'm cheerful. Time to sing. Trust and obey, because there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. This is totally true. Trust and obey, because there's no other way. No, I'm the exception. No, you're not, wrong. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Trust and obey, because there's no other way. Are you sure there's a the second way? no there isn't to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey greg can you lead us in some songs father would you just help us father i pray that you'd help us all just to just to grow in trusting you would you help us grow and get rid getting rid of every mental excuse we have not to believe your word applies to us the good stuff and the calls to correction And I pray, Lord, as we do this, that you would help us to have the joy that comes from simple obedience in God's Word. Amen.